0: You are now listening to The Soul & Wonder Podcast, Episode 19, Herbs with Ash. Welcome to The
1: Soul & Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and
0: atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing. All to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher
2: and Sarah.
1: Hey
2: everyone, welcome to the Soul & Wonder Podcast with your hosts, Sarah and...
0: Christopher.
2: As usual, we're happy to have you here. We hope you really enjoyed the last one. I know that we did. We've been sharing that quite a bit with Adam Sud, episode 18 I advise go back and check that out and then follow it up with this one.
0: Yeah, they kind of uh, go hand in hand uh, in a really cool way. So if you did miss last one, Adam is a recovering addict. He also has cured his type 2 diabetes using plant foods. And he's an inspiring individual. And so we're talking about more healing, but this time we're talking about herbal medicine.
2: And how they can be used as a supplement to your balanced nutrition and healthy, holistic lifestyle. And on this episode, we have interviewed Ash Sierra. She's a lovely human being currently living and working in Asheville, North Carolina. You'll get her full bio here in a minute, as well as the interview. Of course, remember to stay tuned at the end of the interview to get your health tip of the episode.
0: I think that will be it.
2: I think so. Let's roll it. All righty. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are now here with Ash Sierra. She's the founder of Ritual Botanica, an apothecary and clinical practice outside the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. Her path in the world of earth medicine began a decade ago in the swamps of Florida and has weaved through formal training in clinical herbalism, holistic nutrition, medical astrology, yoga therapy, permaculture, and distillation. Ash currently lives in the Blue Ridge Mountains, where she can be found homesteading, gardening, crafting, tending, and roaming the forest. A true hedge witch an activist with a love for the natural and unseen world, her plant-based apothecary, Ritual Botanica, has been supplying herbal medicine and hydrosol blends since 2012, with sales benefiting Ash's sliding-scale clinical practice, where she holds true to the philosophy every being has a right to wellness. The best way to achieve this is through empowerment, education, and personal practice. Western astrology and alchemy form the basis of her method, along with a little science, tradition, and magic. Welcome to the show, Ash. We're super excited to have you.
1: Hey, I am super stoked to be here and talking to you guys.
2: Yeah, that's quite the bio. You got a lot of stuff going on in your life. I know. I was like, man, maybe I should shorten that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exciting. How old are you anyway?
1: I just turned 31.
2: Okay. Wow. So you got a lot yeah. done in those years, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been kind of um, in the realm of holistic healing for a little over a decade now. So a lot has happened.
2: <laughs> you can learn a lot in a day, so let alone a decade. I'm sure you got a lot of stories to tell. So why don't we start with your story? What got you into herbalism?
1: Yeah. So I got into herbalism in... A way that I actually find very common amongst herbalists and other wellness practitioners, which is um, just through my own journey of finding health and, you know, growing up and having parents who um, took me to like see Western practitioners or allopathic medicine, and then that just failing for me. And eventually, one thing led to another, and I walked into an herb store, and I felt like the first 10 minutes of talking to this herbalist lady who owned the shop, she kind of just saw like deep into me and I was literally in tears like, oh my gosh, she she gets it. She understands me. And from that moment on, I just started working with her. And, you know, from there, my journey began into like the world of holistic healing. Do you mind if we ask what uh,
2: led you to seek out herbalism over the allopathic medicine that wasn't helping you?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, the allopathic medicine, it did help because Western medicine is great in crisis mode, and I had really reached this point of crisis in my life, and um, I would really say that Western medicine helped get me out of there and helped get me back to a place where I could participate in life and um, just show up for the day in and day out, and it at least gave me a little bit of space to start exploring things that intrigued me and And go off to college. Um, But that first year in college, I was still heavily self-medicating with, you know, recreational drugs. And um, I just had like a sense of kind of um, like a baseline and hopelessness. And just it's not like how you want to live life, you know. So um, it was kind of just that that feeling that there's something missing. And one day I was just biking past this shop and I just noticed the windows. I had noticed, you know, some feathers and dream catchers. And I had been, when I was a kid, I was very earthy. Like I was, um, I I mean, looking back on it, people were probably like, who's this little weirdo? But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, I was drawn to like, I once gave myself a vision quest where I like read this book and decided I was going to go into the forest with some flour and make bread with the water from the lake and, so I was just really drawn to natural ways. So when I saw this shop that had these things for my childhood in the window, like crystals and feathers and dream catchers, I was like, hmm, I should go in here and check this place out.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like you stated, everybody does have their own story and how they get into things. And I know that we've talked about this before with our listeners and my story and getting into herbs and everything. Um, but Can you, we have talked about this before on our podcast, but can you explain to our listeners uh, in a little bit more detail about what herbalism is and, and kind of your process and how you go about it?
1: Yeah. uh, So when I first discovered herbalism, I'm sure my definition was much different than what it would be today. Like originally I, I probably would have said it's using herbs to help. Uh, promote healing in the body. And now my understanding of herbalism is just, it's a little deeper than that. A lot kind of goes beyond that. It's more about um, letting go of the dualistic idea of people versus nature and, and finding our interconnectedness with nature and seeing the macrocosm and the microcosm and how it's not about healing symptoms. It's about finding these like really root imbalances or uneases in the body. And then bringing our little herbal ally friends that we've worked with, you know, since the beginning of time to come in and help mend and heal and lend space and support and bring our, our whole body, the emotional, the spiritual, the energetic, the physical, all back into alignment, because ultimately that's what we're designed. We're designed to be in a very healthy spot, um, to be operating alt- alt- like optimally and, um, so, yeah, I just I just feel like finding that connection with nature again um, and forming that kind of alliance and the reconnection back to our like, ancient roots is a big part of herbalism for me now.
0: Absolutely.
1: We definitely agree with that,
2: especially because we apply that same approach to nutrition and the foods that we put in our bodies, you know, herbs, foods, fruits, vegetables, whatever it is, things that we can come together with and unite with and just like coexist in this thriving sort of way because we're all part of the same molecular structure really just held together in different ways yeah I actually I really love that
1: idea of it definitely
2: so um, what's the difference between a tincture a
1: hydrosol things of that sort and people can also drink teas right yeah so there's tons of different tools in this realm and actually it's fun that you guys are into um like heavily more into the nutrition stuff too, because I actually find myself my first line of working with people is usually diet stuff, nutrition stuff.
0: Um, oh, yeah. And then
1: we, yeah, and then you know, then we move to the herb tools, and this shows up in all different ways. It kind of depends on the person, and it might be something like an herbal tea, um, and maybe it's uh, just a little short infusion, like a 10 minute infusion of these herbs and a tea, and you drink it once or twice a day, and then Maybe it's a, a longer decoction of these herbs where you're you're steeping it for at least like 20 minutes to overnight sometimes. Um, and so I find tea is a really powerful tool. Um, it's a really nice way to catch the plants because you get to just like consume them and taste them. And um, so it's got its own magic. I personally love teas. Uh, and then there's tinctures, which I find most of my clients think tinctures are like the way to go because it's so convenient. Um, it's basically an extract of the herb. So if you've ever used vanilla extract, that's kind of like a tincture of vanilla. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you take these herbs and you put them in a substrate, which is usually an alcohol. Um, and it pulls out the like phytochemicals or like the healing properties of the herb. And then most of the time the herb gets pressed out and you're, you end up with this liquid. I take the, um, the plants that get pressed and then um calcify them so i'm putting the minerals back in there too
2: <laughs> can you hear our dogs howling? i can i'm like
1: wait a minute there's dogs <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got them in the other room and of course immediately I have
1: just you know got in my car and drove the two hours over there so i can hang out with you guys and your dogs i
2: was trying not to laugh the whole time you were explaining tinctures i'm like she's gotta hear these dogs <laughs>
1: like hmm.
0: we got a, we got a howling dog over uh, here he's, and he's then got we got one that him. is uh very high pitched so <laughs> apologies to the <laughs> listeners and you for uh, having to listen to that <laughs>
1: hey. no I'm all about the animal calls they're probably chiming in like yeah yeah herbs. <laughs> so you what know. what about hydrosols and so hydrosols it's uh, a little bit less common uh it's starting to gain more popularity and it is um actually people are more familiar with these essential oils right that's that's become really big recently yeah um And So hydrosols are basically the essential water and they go through the same process as the essential oils where the plant is steamed and it softens the plant up and then the molecules kind of release its little essence and um, the aromatic substances and then they uh, go into the steam and it condenses back down and then you get the essential oil and you get the hydrosol which I like to call the essential water Um, and You can use those all different ways. You can take them therapeutically in a drink. Uh, You can spray them. A lot of times I'll use them as like energetic medicine and they'll just change the atmosphere and change like the feelings in the body with just one little spray. So they're quite magical too.
0: (laughs) I wanna touch on something that you mentioned a few minutes ago in regards to nutrition and herbs and it's funny because I came to the same conclusion throughout my studies and everything and after starting to see some clients and treating them with certain herbs I then realized very quickly that nutrition has to be at the core of that because without the proper nutrition those herbs really don't work as well and if you have a proper Uh, Diet in conjunction with the right herbs, it can be extremely powerful. So I'm glad that you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Actually, you know, I went to my first year of herb school and at the end of it, I was just like, I need to go deeper. Like we need to get to the root. And so much of this is our diet because when you think about it, like we're consuming food almost all day long. Um, And so if you're constantly feeding your body with, things that are causing inflammation or something that's not agreeing with your system it just makes it harder for the herbs to get in there and and work their healing abilities and uh so a lot of times you know I'll spend like a month with people just finding a diet that works for them makes them feel good and gives them the energy they're looking for and then after that once the body has kind of softened and opened up then I'll start introducing the herbs
0: that's really cool. Well, I'm, I'm really happy that you take that approach because I think it's really important and, and vital to uh, people's health. So um, I wanted to ask you, what makes your shop, Ritual Bot- Botanica, different than a lot of the other herbal shops around you and I guess around the country?
1: Uh, so, you know, every shop has its own uniqueness like i don't know any two herbalists i compare and be like they're doing the same thing sure (laughs) um so you know like everyone's got their little like um their little souls print on their their goods and whatever they're bringing to it and so for ritual botanica when i started getting into selling the products it really wasn't until i started doing the hydrosols because i personally was i was so intimidated because I live in a place that's like an herbal hub. And there's tons yeah, of people sure making is. medicine. Yeah, so there's tons of people making medicine. And I'm like, what do I have? You know, I don't know. I Like, uh, how can I be different? But one day I realized, like, I've been making these hydrosols. And maybe there are people out there that would want it if I put them online. Because it's so, it was such like a little niche kind of um, herbal medicine to be working with. There wasn't so much demand for it right where I am. Mm-hmm. Um. So for me, Ritual Botanica is, is my little project that's, it kind of is my connection to the plant world where I grow most of the plants or I wild harvest them and, and everything comes with an intention. Like I don't just go out there and just start picking plants, you know, like I sit with the plants and I know these plants and, um, so I'm working with them at this, this synergistic level where we're all equal, we're all one in the same and, um. Then when I formulate stuff, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm looking for before I start blending. And, and then I'll test for a while and I'll let friends play with them. Um, so I don't ever just put something out there that I'm like, oh, look, here, I just made this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to test like, use you guys as my guinea pig. Um, everything has received like a lot of love up until that point. Sometimes I'll release like a product that I'm like, look, I just did this really fun plant distillation. If there's any other fun plant nerds out there that want to geek out with me like let's get together and try this (laughs) I'd like to
0: come your way I'd love to do this (laughs) yeah
1: for sure you know like I've got like a little group of hydrosol friends and we all like share around and compare notes and
0: that's awesome
1: um, yeah it's really fun
0: no I think I think it's really important to note too that you know you talk about wild harvesting and harvesting the plants and growing the plants with love and and I know to some people it sounds all hippy-dippy and everything, but to, I think it's extremely important because, um, for example, we'll take like a – I'm not going to name names as far as companies are concerned, but there's a lot of mass-produced herbs on the market, and a lot of these herbs are going through – essentially what they're going through is in a, an assembly line of some sort. So they're just kind of a, another herb going to another bottle and just going right to the shelf, and there's really no thought process um put behind that
2: and they're often picked too early or too late like they you miss that precious time to gather that plant and then the processing you know process just completely destroys it anyway so then you're getting ineffective herbal supplements half the time
1: yeah and you know I do agree with that um I'm I'm kind of at this point in my life where I can't ever say like one thing's better than another because Of course not. Most most things that I've ever said never to come back around to like <laughs> kick me in the ass and be like, Guess what? <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> so, um and so I do see a place for that medicine. You know, like a lot of those companies can sell it cheaper and they yeah. can do standardized extracts and whatnot. But I'm I'm with you guys where it's like I really feel like there's a potency to medicine that's made with love and and also like I'm making sure that not only is the, the medicine made with love, and um, you know, and I'm formulating as a clinical herbalist, so I have a really like I've worked with these plants for a long time, and I've I've seen how they work in people's bodies and on people's minds and their energetic levels. So, um, that's but really another, cool. Yeah, and so like another thing that I'm bringing to the puzzle is, um, I'm I'm not a low doser. Like I'm actually I'm really into therapeutic doses, so I don't do a lot of the Uh, like my tinctures are pretty potent. A lot of times I'll double extract them and, um, my hydrosols, like I'm really geeky to make sure I'm getting like the proper hydrosol and not letting, um, some of the, um, just like the steam water. Like there's a certain spot where it's no longer the true hydrosol anymore. It's kind of just like the steam coming off. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm really particular about the medicine I make and, and I think people can tell, um so i'm I'm happy to offer it to anyone who's you know interested in smaller batch stuff and a little bit different and unique stuff and you know especially people who's got that little bit of like witch in them that one experiment with like <laughs> the astrological side that I put into it all so Very yeah
2: cool. i was I was um stalking your website (laughs) before we got you on this podcast and I just loved what I saw and I was definitely drawn to your method and you know the way you use these plants and I, I, I am definitely interested in purchasing something from you here pretty soon.
1: But I'll just kind of, I'll just come over there and bring you guys a bunch of goodies. <laughs> yeah, we're like two hours away. That's it. huh? But no, actually, I was just talking about a fun trip to uh, Charlotte with some friends last week. So it's probably going to happen. Well, up. we'll trade some yeah. services. I'll give you some
2: tarot readings or a Reiki session or whatever you oh, want. Oh,
1: that would be amazing. I know you guys are asking me all the all the like, my story questions, but I'm like, oh, I really want to know about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to catch up on that.
2: Now I got a juicy question for you. I'm curious what your response is to this. Um, So a lot of people think herbalism is pseudoscience and that it's ineffective for treating disease especially with obviously the allopathic medicine, the approach we take now which I totally agree with you is so important for life-saving events, you know surgeries, things of that sort to help people get back on their feet. Um, but what's your response to that when people say herbalism is pseudoscience?
1: So my first response usually is to just get quiet. So that I'm not like giving a response that's based on my reaction, you know, because obviously I'm, I love herbalism, but I have been there. Like I have been a skeptic before. I've even had a period of my life where, you know, I'm in the middle of being a holistic practitioner and I've become very skeptical all of a sudden you know and and I always refine my roots and my love and my passion for it so what I typically tell people is have you ever tried coffee Ah. and usually people are like yeah and I'm like and how did it make you feel and usually I'll get the response like oh I got a little jittery or I got a little bit of energy or I use coffee every day to wake me up and I'm like okay well that's herbal medicine like coffee (laughs) is a plant you know (laughs) Um, I love that. I'm
0: gonna. I'm gonna steal that I'm from you. I'm so <laughs> stealing
1: that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not just that. It's like chocolate too. Like people get high off chocolate all the time. Yep. And, and speaking of high, like think about marijuana. That's yep. a really powerful herb right there. So, you know, I think some people. It's typical. We're raised in this society where everything's standardized and everyone has is seen in a similar light. And what herbalism is trying to do is, um it's reconnecting you and letting you know that everything's connected. You are nature, but at the same time, you're your own little microcosm. Like you're your own, um, ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And it's all about finding the herbs that are going to work with your ecosystem. And it's not the same for everyone. And so our society really loves convenience. And unfortunately sometimes herbal medicine isn't so convenient because it takes a few tries to like, really find what herbs work for you. And that's why I always suggest people work with a practitioner or someone that can like help them um, empower themselves to learn about the herbs and learn about their own ecosystem and learn about, um, you know, the tools that they have out there um, to use to find this like balance in the body and harmony. So I I hope that answers your question. Usually after that people think a little bit more. I mean, and I get it like I have plenty of I've I've been through plenty of clients, too, that they do just want something a little bit easier. You know, there's people have a lot on their plates with work and kids and just keeping up the day to day chores of life. So it is nice for some people who just want to take a pill to turn to Western medicine and and do that. But it's the people who are called on the path of like really understanding themselves and, and evolving and taking the time to put in the hard work of not just accepting convenience, um, but to kind of pursue their own health and their own um, life, you know.
0: Absolutely, it's 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 a like a rebirth, a reconnection with with everything, with your body, mind, and soul, and the the spirit of the planet. So, I think that if any profound long-term healing, in my opinion, that's how it happens. But again, you have to be willing to put in the work to to do that. And uh, if you are, that's great. And if not, that's okay too.
2: And I think yeah. sometimes people would be surprised at how it becomes second nature after a while. You know, making changes at first can seem so intimidating and maybe you're not seeing the benefits right away. But once you just kind of get okay with being uncomfortable for that short period of time and then it just soars from there. It becomes second nature. You don't have to worry as much about change and choice and this and that. It just evolves and grows with you in an organic way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Um, You know, with my clients, I usually ask, you know, for a three-month commitment. Um, I do offer like acute care situations and just single intakes, but The most uh, progress I'll see is in the clients who can stick to a three months, because usually once you hit that three months, it's like what you're saying, like it starts becoming second nature. Like you start waking up and looking forward to making your tea and and taking your tinctures and sitting outside and um, all these little things that just make a huge difference once they just become part of the routine.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know, again, on our journey of making the switch in our diet and everything else, it does Take some time but then again you know after you've kind of acclimated for us it didn't really take that long but (laughs) once we once we acclimated it just it just feels right it's
2: you kind of wonder why you never did it earlier (laughs) exactly
0: so sometimes
1: i wonder too it's like you know most other mammals i think humans are maybe the only ones that have this where we've disconnected from nature And it's almost a gift, though, when you can rediscover that you are nature and that you're a part of it all. And and it kind of lets us to have this really deep appreciation for it, which is just awesome. You know, like to take every day with such gratitude and
0: absolutely wake up. yeah. And I don't you know, I we I'm not sure who said this, but it was a really good analogy about our disconnection from nature. It might have been Graham Hancock. I don't know if you're familiar with him. But um, brilliant author. But there, he was talking about you know many of the people that live in the cities, and most of the planet, people live in cities that they don't see the stars, right? So they're losing their connection with. The solar system with the universe and that is disconnecting them by just not seeing the stars at night because of light pollution and and things like that and um, I can relate to that for sure. I know both Sarah and I can um, be living in Africa and uh... You know, we were living in cities previous to that and not be able to see the stars and have this connection with nature, but then moving to Africa and be able to see the whole entire solar system just automatically brought that connection back and it felt so right and so good and it's... uh how we want to continue the to live the rest of our lives.
2: I want to uh, interject with a really good resource for our listeners um and you too Ash if you've never seen this there's a documentary on Netflix called Terra T E R R A and it's it's beautiful. It's probably hands down the most beautiful documentary I've ever seen in my life next to Samsara and those documentaries, but it's um I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's basically about our evolution and disconnection with nature and our natural world, but how it's not, you know, all hope isn't lost, how we can restore that balance. And, you know, if you're looking for visually appealing um, images and beautiful language, it's in French, but of course you have subtitles, but it's very poetic, it's absolutely Eye-opening, and it definitely inspires you to make changes in your life in a positive way to reconnect yourself with that nature. So,
1: Tara, T-E-R-R-A, check yep, that out. Yep. I'm gonna check that out. I've been looking for something good to watch.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, it's a, it's it's amazing. It's very profound. Uh, I even shed a tear. <laughs> we. I think yeah. we both did.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, you know, and, and back to like the star thing, I. I find that's one of my most powerful tools is uh, I've actually always lived in smaller towns a little bit outside the city. I mean, except when I was a young child. Um, But even as a kid, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. I lived out in, in um, Lutz, which is kind of like the boonies of Tampa. (laughs) And I remember as a kid always looking up at the sky and just feeling so small. And so now whenever I get overwhelmed with work and even um, I don't know, being so connected with computers and social media and all this stuff, I just step outside and I I look up at the moon, I look up at the stars and it just kind of puts me back in place. Like, you know, um, Mm It's like a reality check. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like hitting the refresh button. And I, I recommend that to anybody that has access to, to the night sky. And I mean, it, it does not you don't have to see every single star in the sky, but just to go out there and kind of reconnect with yourself at nighttime because we are, we're, we're bombarded with information from the, more, from the time we wake up until the time we go to sleep. So to be able to do that, I think it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I know we've digressed a little bit into uh, this <laughs> yeah. nature talk, which I love and I can talk about for hours, but um, back to herbalism, how have you seen herbs impact your clients' lives? And I know that there's probably story after story, but is there any sort of profound story that you have in mind that you would like to share with, uh, with our listeners?
1: Oh, yeah. There's, there's just so many stories. Um, You know, I think one story that's actually frequent is clients that are coming away from a medicine they thought, you know, a Western medicine, they thought they were going to be putting it on their whole life. And and then just through diet and herbs, being able to find this place where they no longer even have to take the pharmaceutical medicine anymore. Mm -hmm. um, And just how empowering that is. I think some of, maybe one of my favorite stories was Someone who came to me that was so skeptical, but they were at their like wits end. they just didn't know where else to turn, so they decided to give it a try, and they made it very clear, you know I'm not a hippie <laughs> you know i'm I'm not really into this, I'm just curious, and as their journey like unfolded, they realized like it was just a step on their path and this this extreme like um kind of repulsion from being a hippie or whatnot like working with the earth and um and seeing the interconnectedness in it all ended up becoming their life and they went on to become like a yoga instructor wow they they live in like bali now and it's just their their life is so changed and it makes me so happy that i could be like a stepping stone on their journey to like what was probably their higher soul calling you know that is
2: incredible (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and the thing is too it's like you know, I could really relate. And it was pretty auspicious that they found me out of all the herbalists in this area, because, you know, I don't consider myself a hippie, even though when I, when I tell that to my partner, he's like, what are you talking about? You're such a hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, like, if if you've met me, um, I don't wear rainbows and roll around in the dirt. And, and I totally indulge in like going to Ulta and putting makeup on and, um, you know, so I just have this like kind of balance, like I've got 10 different feet in 10 different worlds. And, and I have a way that when working with clients, you just kind of decide which way you want to go with them and and kind of lure them into this world. And then from there, you just see them flourish, you know, and find their own path and start making their own magic. So
0: well, we may not always look like hippies, but we can be hippies at heart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was actually a big hang up of mine. When I first got into it, I was like, no one's going to take me serious as an herbalist because like, I don't know, I've got all these uh, piercings and I only wear black clothes (laughs) and, uh, and you know, it's just, we create our own reality and whatever thought structure we set up for ourselves is what's going to end up unfolding. So I just changed my reality and that was that.
0: That's so cool. That could be an episode within itself as well. We might have to have you back. (laughs) I
2: know, right? Yeah. So, Um, I'm sure after hearing this, our listeners are really excited to explore your website and check out your services. So where can people find you if they're interested in connecting with you?
1: So you can find my website at Mm ritualbotanica.com. And um, let's see. I have some stuff on Etsy, but Etsy is pretty inconsistent for me. I love to buy stuff on Etsy, and I hate to sell stuff on Etsy. (laughs) um, But it's the same name. It's Ritual Botanica. Um, And then on social media, my Instagram is the most active one, which is Ritual underscore Botanica. And I do have a Facebook page, but I'm honestly like I'm not over on Facebook. So uh, it's one of my um, new Zodiac uh, cycle goals coming up is to put a little bit more energy into Facebook because I know a lot of people, um, connect that way. So, um, uh, but for right now, I think Instagram is probably the best way if you, if you're into following the story, cause it's a lot more of like the behind the scenes. Um, it's a lot more of like medicine making and the plants and in summertime, you know, there'll be tons of pictures of the garden and the forest. So it's kind of a fun place to find me at.
0: Yeah, we we enjoy the Instagram as well for following people's stories and and sharing our own stories, I think. Uh, But again, being in this this day and age, it's so hard to manage all the social media. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Honestly, we're like, we're ready to hire a social media manager at some point here. Oh, for (laughs) sure. But, um, well, we're so happy that you're able to uh, come and join us. And thank you so much for sharing your story and um, talking about your your life essentially so can you um is there anything that you'd like to leave us with any sort of um end note here or are you pretty much good
1: um you know the only thing i would say is if you've ever had the slightest inkling or the slightest like ah kind of like stop in a moment of time when you encounter something on your path especially like with herbs like totally explore it because you never know what it holds and if it's caught your attention out of everything our busy world's kind of throwing at us, then I would say call your attention for a reason and totally go for it.
2: <laughs> That's a great last bit of advice there, and I hope that it entices people to explore the depths a little more.
1: Yeah, totally. It was great talking to you guys. I can't wait till I interview you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be here. You'll know where yeah. to find us. Thank you so much, Ash.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was awesome.
0: And now the health tip of the episode. Today we're going to stick with herbal medicine. It's so fitting considering the interview that we just had with Ash. And today we will talk about licorice root. It is one of our favorites uh, that we use almost on a daily basis.
2: Yes, it's very tasty.
0: Um, So about licorice root, there's many ways to use it. Uh, they do kind of it does t- come in tinctures. Uh, you can get it in uh, pill form, but the way we like to use it is in a tea. So licorice root you can pretty much find at any herbal store, uh, loose leaf. It's uh, like tan, dark colored, um, and it's usually like chopped up um, into small little pieces. You don't need much of it; it's quite uh, potent. Um, but it is the taste is incredible. So it's very sweet.
2: It does not taste like licorice. So for those no. of you who are like, Oh, I hate licorice. Don't worry. I do too. But it tastes absolutely nothing like the candy licorice. So it's very sweet. It warms your throat. It's just such a nice warming tea.
0: Yeah, it it really is. And we mix it with other teas too. We've been doing a lot of marshmallow root and licorice root together and maybe adding in some chamomile, some cinnamon. It's all very delicious but uh, the reason you want to buy licorice root, there's many reasons and many benefits that come with licorice root. One of them uh, which has been known for ages is anybody that is dealing with any stomach ulcers even any stomach ailments, any digestive ailments. I know we talk a lot about digestive um, problems and issues on on our show but it's really important to note because so many people are struggling with these issues so licorice root will help to heal stomach ulcers it'll help to um, anybody that's dealing with IBS Crohn's um, licorice root will be your friend so go and pick some of that up the other stuff it's good for it's good for sore throats coughs uh, acid reflux if you are dealing with acid reflux Drinking licorice root after your meal uh, would be great, but also beyond that, try to find out what's causing that acid in the first place, because we don't want to keep masking these uh, these problems. We want to take care of it. But licorice root's really good for acid reflux. It relieves constipation, fights viral infections, helps with adrenal support, PMS, and menopausal support for all you women and anti-inflammatory and immune support so it does a lot of things just like many herbs that we talk about they're generally not used just for one thing but for many things so um, if you any of you know these problems fit into uh, you know kind of what you're looking for into the category in which you're looking for so Please feel free to pick these up and uh, pick up Licorice Root. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us, transform at soulandwonder.com. Find us on Facebook at Soul and Wonder Inc. And on Instagram at Soul and Wonder Inc.
2: Give us a like and a follow. Thank you. delicious sound no it's not the freshly fried patty of the crispy mcchicken sandwich well actually it is but it's also the sound of a debt being paid because this golden crisp chicken could be the very first meal you treat your parents to yes parental payback is now available in many delicious mcdonald's deals like buy one get one for a dollar every day at mcdonald's mix and match a new hot and spicy mcchicken with classics like a mcdouble mcchicken or four-piece chicken mcnuggets price and participation may vary Do you hear that delicious sound? No, it's not the freshly fried patty of the crispy McChicken sandwich. Well, actually it is, but it's also the sound of a debt being paid because this golden crisp chicken could be the very first meal you treat your parents to. Yes, parental payback is now available in many delicious McDonald's deals. Like buy one, get one for a dollar. Every day at McDonald's, mix and match a new hot and spicy McChicken with classics like a McDouble, McChicken, or four-piece Chicken McNuggets. Price and participation may vary.